Hello there, it's me, it's Jamie. Welcome back to my podcast. Now, uh, I was actually very glad to see how many people were still there on uh, the podcast feed, still there downloading uh, the what was the Awful One podcast feed and is now Jamie and the Broken Pancreas. So, hi, hi, you. Thanks for still being here. Now, I just wanted to hop on because I was, I've been meaning, been meaning to make a new video and a new podcast for... God, I think like two weeks now, but a lot has happened. A lot has happened. So I, I hope, I hope you'll forgive me for not keeping up my end of the bargain, um, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain everything that went on very, very soon. Um, I'm also gonna be uh, just prefacing what's gonna be coming up on the next couple of episodes of this podcast. So. Coming up over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the fact that I don't know what to eat. I've got no idea what I should be eating. And I see a nutritionist twice a year at my hospital in my um, endocrinology clinics, endocrinology clinics. Um, and still, I've got no idea what I should be eating. And there's so much conflicting uh, information on the internet. So that's coming up. And then also coming up, is a memory that uh, keeps it keeps popping up in my head and making me really angry. And I think the only way to sort of finally sort of massage away that knot is to talk about it on a podcast. So I'm going to talk about the time when um, someone was actually really rude to me. Two, two times when people were really rude to me at work because of type 1 diabetes. Very ignorant, uneducated people who are now... I don't know. I don't know where they are now. Um, but what 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 I do know is that the memories of those interactions have stayed with me, and I probably need to talk about them so I can forgive, forget, and move on. So those are what's coming up over the next. They are what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. But today we're going to be talking about how. I thought I was bouncing back from burnout, but I didn't do it as well as I expected. Here we go. Hello, welcome back. Yes, this is the podcast where I just, just, I don't know, it's a bit of a diary. I just sort of record what's been going on. I sort of speak to you about the reality from someone with diabetes to another person, hopefully with diabetes, and my mum, who I know is listening. Hi, hi, mum. Hi, Anne. She's probably on a walk with the dog. He doesn't really walk the dog. Uh, a funny story. If you go to my TikTok, there's a video of it. The dog prefers to be pushed around in a push chair now instead of actually walking on his feet. But we love you, Titch. We love you, Titch. Uh, we wouldn't change anything uh, in the world about you. Uh, so hey to everyone with diabetes and hi to my mum. So on this podcast today, I'm going to be talking about the fact that um, I had a... <laughs> A really, really, really rough week. Well, it's it's spanned a bit more than uh, just one week. It sort of bled into to two weeks. So uh, the first thing that happened is that I released a video and a podcast about all about how I had diabetes burnout and how I'm bouncing back. And then what happened next was probably the worst thing that I can happen, that could have happened. So I make all of my money pretty much from my laptop. Since the coronavirus pandemic happened, um, I was, you know, forced to take my job online and inside and all that sort of stuff. My laptop has be become the most important thing 
that's not an organ in my body. You know, like I could probably do without a kidney, but I couldn't do without this laptop. So when I woke up one morning and saw the screen was cracked and wouldn't come back on, I was devastated. Now, this, so I'd, I'd literally just a couple of days ago released my, the first pod, the first of these uh, series of podcasts and a video all about bouncing back from diabetes burnout. So to see that, it was just like, it was just like, it was more than going back to square one. It was like being returned to, I don't know, the Stone Age. I just, I, I felt helpless, you know, and I've got an iPad, which, you know, I could, thank God, write articles for work on, you know, I could continue being a journalist, but I couldn't be a content creator because, uh, I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm not one of the those sorts of people that can do everything on their phone. I find doing things on, on your phone, like creating content on your phone, like videos, you know, I edit stuff on my phone, like videos, but not, nothing too taxing and nothing too, um, you know, high quality, like, to, like I think my uh, podcast and YouTube videos are. So I, I felt like I was up a creek without a paddle. And the paddle was this laptop that had, that I've not had for very long, honestly. I've only had it since, God, it's got to be August was when I lost my work computer that I was using when I returned that after uh, losing my job. <laughs> so I bought this laptop and I literally spent my whole redundancy payment on this laptop. So I, I originally went to, uh, so John Lewis do great uh, deals with Max. They give you two years sort of like uh, damage Oh my God. I hope it wasn't accidental damage, otherwise I've just bought a new screen without the need for it. I'm gonna check my receipts. Oh God. So anyway, <laughs> so the reason that I bought this from John Lewis, that was a bit of a revelation moment there, is that um, they do this sort of two year warranty. Oh, it's a warranty, that's it, a two year warranty. It's not accidental damage cover because whatever happened to this laptop was not, um, not covered by the warranty. I still don't know what happened. It might have dropped. I might have stood on it. I'm not sure. Uh, the ghost of my dead cat might have come and knocked it over. I, I, I just can't, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. Anyway, it broke. Um, so the reason that I bought it from John Lewis is they, they give you this two-year warranty with uh, all sort of Mac products. Anyway, I spent my whole redundancy payment on it because, I mean, I needed it to work. It, you know, I, for for okay, you know, I might you know, I might have had a few months where I wasn't as flush and as flash as I usually am, um, but I needed this laptop, so I, I did spend my whole redundancy uh, payment on this laptop, and it's been a great laptop, and I've looked after it. So when I woke up the two mornings after releasing my podcast all about di diabetes burnout and how I'm bouncing back and how I'm getting back into creating content and my only vessel my only in my only um tool for content creation had broken you can just imagine the devastation I didn't know what to do I didn't at first I didn't think I'd be able to like earn any money luckily I managed to get my shit together and get you know a, a a solution in place with my iPad, which I'm so thankful that I own. Um, and I'm so glad that I bought it when I did because I'd never buy that sort of thing now. Uh, that I was able to work, but I still wasn't, I didn't have, so for me to be creative, I need my own tools. I need my own, I need my, 
I need to be able to know my way around an edit machine to create a video. I need to know where all my music is for the podcast. And I need to be able to do it in the way that I like to, which is quickly and efficiently, um, which allows me to be as creative as possible. So when I don't have to think about um, how I'm creating stuff, I can just do it. I can just do it and I don't have to worry about all the mechanics that puts everything together. So that turned into um, sort of a week and a half of me not being sort of back up to speed. So I think it was, so I I started running recently and I've actually been for a run today, so well done me. Um, <laughs> but I'd started exercising again, but I just, I just, I, I just couldn't do it. Like it just sent me back into this like pit of like, oh, I felt like Eeyore. I felt literally like Eeyore. All I was doing was like struggling through. So articles nowadays take me between two and three hours to write. Writing on an iPad, it was taking me literally like four and a half hours to write 300 words because um, so I have to write because I use a couple of screens and I have to write with source material and research. So I'm researching on one screen um, and I'm writing on another. Um, but when I am down to one screen and like sort of physically sliding and swiping between those screens uh, and different apps and stuff, it just wasn't it just wasn't working for me. I know it's it's so it's such a first world problem, but it was an inconvenience that um, my productivity couldn't uh, keep up with. And unfortunately, my productivity did do a little bit of a dive. So I've been doing some TikToks, but I didn't feel like I could really, you know, pull off a video or a podcast to my standard or, you know, my perceived standard. I don't want to, like, sound like I'm too good at, you know, this because, you know, I'm literally just talking into a microphone. But I didn't think I could do it as well as I probably should do it. So uh, unfortunately, I decided to take another break, but only only for like a week and a half. Only for, um, is it a week and a half or two weeks? Can't remember. Either way, uh, I've been away for a bit. So the podcast is coming up first. Ooh. Hey, it's, it's 10.22 at night when I'm recording this and I've just done... Um, I've just done a news broadcast and I've just done a uh, audition for a big job, which I really hope I get. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to get this podcast out if it kills me. So, uh, yeah, so I took a little break, but I'm back up to speed now. But I wanted to tell you about something that happened on the motorway to me. Uh, so my brother has just welcomed into the world a little doggy called Freddy, a little uh, Jack Russell poodle cross. And he is absolutely gorgeous. He's amazing. He's everything you want in a little puppy. He's like the size of your hand, but he's so playful. And he's got this little like, ruff. he's got this little bark, um, which absolutely just melts you uh, when you see him. And I spent as much time as I possibly could with Freddy. So he's very new. I think he's only been with my brother for, I think, three weeks I think it's probably coming up to four weeks I think and he's about to go for his first walk I think soon very soon um and basically I was going home so I live I think it's exactly 230 miles away from my family home in Stoke-on-Trent so I live just outside of Bristol my family home in Stoke-on-Trent is 237-ish miles I think could be wrong, but it's it's about that. It's about that. Um, so I was uh, so excited to go and see him. But unfortunately, what happened is that I got onto the motorway 
and my blood sugar kept plummeting. So, you know, I do the whole, you know, I, I take driving with diabetes and, you know, driving long distances like that very, very seriously. But this time I just couldn't win. So um, I don't know what it was about, you know, maybe I was exercising more in the week and then the sort of insulin sensitivity spilled over to the weekend. But, you know, I have sort of like a weekend profile because I'm, I, you know, I move less on the weekend. I eat a bit more and I eat more unhealthily and I, you know, I might have a drink or two. So I have a different basal profile for my pump. So if you don't know, uh, a basal profile is the sort of, if you're on multiple daily injections, that's what's the, the long acting insulin. But in my case, in the case of an insulin pump, it's the tiny amounts of insulin which are drip fed to you sort of every couple of minutes or so throughout the day. Uh, and they change, you know, you know, depending on what time period you're in. And you can set it to give you a certain amount at this time. So if you need more insulin in the morning, you can set it higher in the morning uh, and then you can set it lower in the evening time. Now, I have a weekend profile, like I've mentioned, and that weekend profile was really doing the dirty on me. So uh, it's like, I don't know, nine, ten o'clock, I'm setting off, I've packed my car, I've had a McDonald's breakfast to make sure that I've got enough carbs in my system to get me all the way to Stoke-on-Trent. But whatever I'm doing, my blood sugar keeps dropping. So I pulled over at a service station um, and then I had a Red Bull, uh, full sugar Red Bull, had a Red Bull. And then I had like a flapjack because I thought flapjacks would be like, you know, like good slow release energy. But still, my blood sugar just kept dropping. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when your blood sugar is really up and down, you feel you just feel exhausted. You just feel like you just can't. Uh, your brain isn't computing well, uh, and you can't, you know, do things like you normally would do. And that's how I felt. But I was behind the wheel. I was behind the wheel on the motorway, and that sort of freaked me out a little bit because I've never, ever, ever before had an issue with driving a diabetes. But I just sort of didn't trust my diabetes to behave while I make this uh, two and a half hour car journey I didn't want to risk it because firstly if I did have a hypo and I was behind the wheel I would lose my license I think secondly I was on the motorway so it could be dangerous if things went all the way wrong and thirdly I was just so stressed and I'm pretty sure the stress was making my management of diabetes and my blood sugar even worse so I was desperate to go home and meet Freddie. I was desperate to drive up the motorway and see my family again for the first time since ooh, the 29th of December. Um, but I saw so a month, nearly, there or thereabouts. Um, so I, I, I just rang my dad and I said, Dad, I've got to turn around. I really don't, I really don't want to, but I think it's the right thing to do. And I think my mum, hi mum if you're listening again, I think my mum was a bit worried because she called me, um, I think just to suss me out and make sure that I was like, you know, not being kidnapped or anything. Um, but I just said, you know, mum, I just didn't feel right on the motorway, you know, and I just think it was one of them things where your gut feeling, your gut says, you aren't in a good place, you know, you're not in the right place for yourself right now. You need to sort this out. You need to do something different. You need to correct it. So I did that. I listened to my gut. Um, but, you know, it was fine. I came home. I 
had you know had a massive a massive bowl of pasta um uh, the the bow pasta with dairy butter and parmesan cheese is my absolute favorite meal uh, it is at the minute anyway it's my favorite hypo meal uh, when i need a bit of carbs um so that sorted me out and because i put so much cheese on the pasta it wasn't such a blood sugar spike so the 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 carbs were like delivered to me across a long period of time so I, I was able to like sort of manage my blood sugar that way but I just couldn't do it on the motorway I couldn't do it behind the wheel um, and I, th I think that's a really important message actually if you don't feel like you should be driving then you shouldn't be driving and I didn't feel like I should be driving but the only thing was is that so after I stopped at my I think it was Michael Wood service station, Michael Wood services, I think. So that's where I had the Red Bull and the Flapjack. I, I could be wrong. It could be the next one along. I'm not sure. I'm not, um, I'm not one of those people that can memorize service stations on the M5 by heart. But I did stop at one of them, and I think it was Michael Wood. And then um, it was the portion of road after that until the next junction. And it just felt like the longest piece of road in the world because... After I got off the service station and I started to feel, it's probably a bit of anxiety. That was probably what it was. It was probably a, bit, a little bit of a panic attack, you know, thinking about it now. Um, that portion of road that comes after that service station was just the longest portion of road in the world. And that was where I called my dad and I was just like, Dad, I've, I've just got to get off the motorway. I've just got to get home. Uh, bearing in mind, I was probably about, I don't know, 45 minutes away from home so I'd done you know probably about a third uh maybe just under a third of the distance that I'd need to get home and that's where I decided that you know I, pr I probably shouldn't be on on the motorway I probably shouldn't be driving so I called my dad and I said listen dad I'm gonna turn around because my blood sugar is being a bit weird today and I don't feel like I should be driving this distance and that was the first time when I realized how much of an inconvenience diabetes could be because um, I was on my way home to spend a weekend with family probably go out for dinner see this brand new little puppy that was waiting for me uh, who I've eventually met now which is great but I couldn't do it because I have diabetes and because diabetes wasn't playing ball this doesn't happen often to me that diabetes gets in the way and stops me, prevents me from doing something. Usually I can sort of manage my way out of it. I can sort of, you know, grin and bear it and, and say, no, diabetes, you'll do what I want you to do. But this time, this time diabetes won. Um, and I think if I was probably, you know, just, you know, if I was going for a walk with friends or about to play a, a game of badminton or something like that random sport i just picked off the top of my head i don't play badminton i would have probably just you know muscled through but because i was behind the wheel because it was potentially dangerous i uh, took it a lot more seriously and i'm sort of you know obviously i regret that i wasn't able to get home obviously i don't enjoy that i had to turn around and i was scared on the motorway and all that sort of stuff but I am very proud that I made that decision. I'm very proud that I did what I should have done in that situation. I'm very proud that I listened to my body and my body said, you maybe shouldn't be driving right now. And I said, all right, body, I'm listening to you. Let's go home. Let's go eat some pasta and let's go and watch Netflix. And I just, I just really wanted to share it because I think 
when you're a people pleaser like me, when your whole existence is to make people laugh, make people smile, um, be there for your family when they need you, be there for your friends, I think you can often ignore the signs that something bad is about to happen. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking about this all the, all the way when I was turning around and I was driving back home, is that I could have very easily just carried on. I could have very easily just put all of what I was feeling right there in that moment into the back of my head and just continued on the motorway, like literally gripping the wheel with white knuckles, scared to, you know, go over 60. I could have just carried on. But I didn't. And I think that's a bit of growth in me somewhere. Some Something somewhere has changed in me where maybe I'm beginning to put myself before everyone else all of the time. Obviously, I'm a selfish saint. Uh, sorry. Obviously, I'm a selfless saint and I put everyone before me all of the time, especially uh, when they need it most. But sometimes you do have to, you know, put yourself first and you do have to consider what's going on in your, you know, sort of immediate situation. And I did. And I turned around and I was safe about it. And I safely got home before my blood sugar dropped below a safe level. I was safely home, boiling pasta, chatting to my mum on the phone um, and just explaining that, you know, this is diabetes. Like I know my family has had, uh, probably a better experience than most with diabetes, you know, because I don't live at home. They didn't have to take me to hospital when I was diagnosed and all that sort of stuff. So they, they don't often see the, the bad parts of it. Maybe when I, you know, have a hypo on a night out and I get a bit weird and I get a bit mad and I start running around. But that's, that's about the end of it. That's about it. Um, so this, I think, was a new experience for all of us. But uh, it ends with a happy ending because I... Uh, I went home this week. I spent, I think, Tuesday until Friday at home. I saw Freddie like three times. I went to see my grandparents and I saw my little dog Titch as well. And I had a great time and it was worth it. And, you know, without wanting to be too weird about what I'm saying, if I hadn't have been safe on the motorway, then that might have not happened. Do you know what I mean? So um, the moral of the story, folks, is to listen to your body, is to be safe at all times, at all costs, and look after yourself. Because I am now looking after myself. I am now talking to you through my repaired MacBook. Um, so more videos and podcasts on the way from me. I also want to talk about... Um, coming up in the next few weeks, about masking your diabetes, about hiding it, about when you don't feel like you can be publicly diabetic. Because I, th I think there's always this moment in time where you have to come out of the closet a little bit and say, by the way, I've got this condition called type 1 diabetes. By the way, oh, look, isn't it cool? I've got a, a thing in my arm which te tests my blood sugar. Um, I think there's ways that we sort of deal with this whole, like, uh, by the way, I'm diabetic conversation. But there are times when you hide it. And I want to talk about a situation that happened a while ago. I was at home for this one too. It was uh, after a Christmas party where I'd been doing lots of drinking. Um, <laughs> um, but I'll save that story for 
another day. Um, and I'm going to thank you again for downloading my podcast. This is Jamie and the Broken Pancreas. If you want to uh, find more of my stuff online, you can search me. I'm at Jamie Low TV everywhere, all over the social medias. Um, and I am going to be relaunching my other podcast soon. So it used to be called The Awful One Podcast. It's now going to be called The Broken Pancreas Gang. I'm currently just sort of gauging interest in as to who wants to be a part of it. So if that's you, if you think that you could be part of the panel of people with type 1 diabetes to uh, chew the fat, chat shit <laughs> every sort of month or so, then do get in touch. Uh, my email is hello at jamielow.co. Hello at jamielow.co. Uh, but otherwise, just send me a message on uh, Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And we can chat some more uh, about how we could work together. But that is all for me today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thanks for downloading. If you can, wherever you're listening, do give me a five-star review. I think that only works on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you're listening if there's an option to review please leave one uh, it'd be great to uh, hear what you think about the podcast good and bad uh, but if it is bad put it in the email don't put it publicly uh, just kidding do what you want to do uh, that's all for me i'll see you next time bye-bye